All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 156 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli and training camps are underway. We got preseason hockey coming up uh, right away. Frank, well, first of all, um, some guys are playing injured. Frank Saravalli, uh, if, if he was a player, might be starting on the IR, Frankie. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel like one of those guys that's hobbling into camp just on a one-wheel scooter. Like, not good. Uh, pinched nerve in the neck. Just like no no part of my body feels good. None. Oh, this well, temple of a body. Buddy, you got to get that fixed. Kind of like my camera keeps zooming in and out. I don't know what's going on, but we'll figure it out. Um I look at, hey, um, what about a guy like uh, Jake Muzzin? You think about it, like you start training camp and backs are always very finicky. They're, they can flare up at any time. But you know, to me, there's a little concern if I was in Toronto that uh, one of our top four D-men has got a back injury to start camp. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I don't think the Maple Leafs are overly concerned about Jake Muzzin's back injury. But, man, it's as you said, the back injury is always scary. Like think about what the Philadelphia flyers and the questions they were answering on Thursday as camp opened their GM, Chuck Fletcher, two injury, two years in a row. Now Sean Couturier has a significant back injury and this time they're not really sure of the timeline. And the question posed to him was, is this season threatening or career threatening? And he said premature way premature was the exact quote 
to think that Couturier's back injuries will derail his season and career. But in the back of your mind, if you're asking the question, it, it seems to be a legitimate question to ask given the lack of time that he spent on the ice and given the fact that he's in the first year of an eight-year mega contract. Wow. Yeah, that is that is not ideal for either one. Like the Philadelphia Flyers, my goodness. And that's where you're at, Frank. You're in Philly. And I'm not going to say the season's over at all for the Philadelphia Flyers, but after the disappointment of last season, when you start the year with two of the people that you that you were hoping to be big contributors to your team, and one of them in Ryan Ellis is out for the season, and Sean Couturier's season maybe hangs in the balance like that, I, I can't envision a worse possible start to the season for the Flyers. It was kind of bizarre world for the Flyers on Thursday as they opened camp because on one hand, you have Chuck Fletcher sitting there saying that the energy is the best that it's been since he's gotten there. And maybe part of that has to do with John Tortorella and the sort of up-tempo style that they've already started to put in place. Like those guys get on the ice on Thursday morning and they're immediately getting bag skated uh, with suicide sprints to start. I don't know that that means anything in 2022 with guys coming in in great shape, but you know, then the next thing they're broadcasting is look at our youth movement. We're going to have 10 guys in our lineup that are 25 and under, and that's great. But all of that signals to everyone else, like this is a team that even internally doesn't appear to think that they're going to be competing. I mean, they knew for a while that Ryan Ellis probably wasn't going to be playing. Um, they had a, a good idea a long time ago that he wouldn't be certainly wouldn't be ready to start the season. And now that they finally shed some light on exactly what his injury is for the first time, a torn psoas muscle. If you look it up, P S O A S, it is an incredibly devastating injury. Ryan Ellis at this point, and I feel bad um, whenever it gets to this point is struggling to live a, a normal life. Yeah. The psoas muscle, you know, it's impacting every part of his life. It took them almost a year to figure out exactly what was ailing him sort of by process of elimination. Everything that you do in your body, your core is connected in some way to that psoas muscle. And so um, it's hard to access. It, it goes from your the bottom of your spine to through your hip and it's like right in the middle like the literal definition of your core and your body and it's hard to access to have surgery to repair it so uh by all met you know likelihood ryan ellis and his career his career is over um the flyers aren't ready to say that just yet but they're not expecting him to play this season which would make it basically two full seasons in a row that he's not playing and guys almost never come back from that no that is that's awful, man. You just want him, you know, there's injuries like an Oscar Clefbaum was a player who hasn't, you know, he won't play the final three years of his deal, but he's at least able to live a normal life, right? He's got uh, severe arthritis in his shoulders, but you know, for him, he's been able to get back and he had a really good visual and he said, I want to be able to hold my kids. And that's why he didn't play because he could have come back and tried it again, but maybe done more damage. But it sounds like Ryan Ellis is in a much worse situation, Frank. And that's, that's absolutely terrible. I don't, I don't think there's any other way to say it. And it's, um, you know, the hockey's almost secondary. You, you would hope that a player, if, if you have to end your career due to injury, like that's going to be mentally tough for sure. But you would hope that the person's physically able to, to, to live a, you know, a happy life. And because here's the thing, Frank, money can't buy you that. Like 
he, he's got enough money to buy any surgery, but if they can't do the surgery, then it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that they finally did release some information on it because I think a lot of Flyers fans were beginning to chirp, like, this guy's invisible, does he even exist? He's lost in the woods. I've seen all of it on social media, and when you put a, a human face to it, some details and perspective, like, you know, it's pretty easy to feel sorry for what he's been through. You know, yes, he's got five years remaining on his deal and 30 million bucks, but that, that doesn't mean anything when you're not healthy. I was told yesterday that just watching Ryan Ellis do exercises, quote exercises, they look like breathing exercises. That's how little he can do uh, with his mobility in terms of, you know, just being able to lift his leg. Like it's been a grind for Ryan Ellis and, um, you know, certainly send our thoughts to him and, and the flyers are in a tough spot to open the year. Yeah. That, and it's, it's not like you can go out and find a replacement. Um, you know, sure. They can have the, the free cap space, but it's, you know, it's difficult to do. Although I wonder, Frank, do you, I think the you, one question Jay, though, when you think about replacement, especially with Couturier had the flyers known this summer yes, that Sean Couturier might be out for the year. Would they have approached things differently with, maybe Johnny trying to Gaudreau. acquire someone like Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, that's a fair question, right? And, you know, you, I do wonder, like, if the Flyers know that they, um, you know, ha won't have those guys and they can put them on LTI and, and suddenly create a lot of cap space, with so many teams up against the cap, the Flyers might be able to use that to their benefit to at least gain some draft picks or something else to take on some contracts here in the next few weeks if they choose. Maybe. Um, I... I would tend to think that they would try and do it the other way to use that LTIR to get more players to try and improve their lot, given that they're kind of stuck in no man's land right now between having young guys, having some older guys with expensive contracts, you know, you would think that they'd sort of try and begin to tear it down, but I don't, that's not their, that's not what they're trying to do this year. No, no, no. Well, even I, I meant because they have the three mil, you might say to a team, hey, yeah, we'll take the player and you're going to give us a pick to take the player because you need the cap space. Right. right. Yeah, I know there's a number of teams out there. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks actually mentioned that this week. Like, hey, we're open to make trades. We'll take on your contracts. Like we they've got tons of cap space. You know, one thing I was looking at the Hawks with their big boy contracts for Kane and Taves expiring this year. The amazing thing is they have exactly two players under contract in two seasons from now, which is unbelievable. Heading into next, this upcoming off season, they only have $44 million committed. So they have, um, they're going to have almost $40 million in cap space this summer. And, and going beyond that two years from now, when the cap is expected to jump into the nineties or close to it, they're only going to have 17 million out of 90 committed. They have a like legit blank slate. And you have all the money, but who do you go get? Right. That's, that's the question we, we've keep seen drafting. Some, well, yeah, you got to keep drafting. No question about it. Three but, first round picks last year. They're going to have two this year, two the following year. Like, I don't know, keep getting as many first round picks as you can get your hands on. Oh yeah. And, and I think, so you're saying they might just take on bad contracts to get more picks. It's not necessarily, they're going to use that cap space and go big game hunting in free agency. You're still going to have to hit the, the floor and fill out your roster. So they're going to try pieces that you know, maybe they work, maybe they don't. Well, it's a unique situation and how quickly, like, I, I really wonder, like, 
how's Seth Jones is feeling, <laughs> right? He signed that big deal, Frank. Like, hey, sure, you're financially rewarded and everything, but everybody's leaving. And you're kind of like, okay, guys. Um, okay, see you later. Like, you're the last guy at the bar and everybody else takes a cab and you're just stuck there because there's no cabs left. And you're kind of like twiddling your thumbs. And it's really kind of what uh, Seth Jones, I think, when he signed in Chicago, Frank, a year ago, I don't think he felt like this was the direction the organization was going. Well, think about the scenario in which he signed. Stan Bowman was still the GM. Mark andre Fleury was in net. Yeah. Kane and Taves were ready to go. And the, the Hawks were supposed to be rebounding into a, a, a playoff team again or, or knocking on the door, challenging that. He signs an eight-year, $76 million deal. This year now is the first year of that deal. Before the deal even kicks in, everything around you has changed. And he's sort of the guy that no one's talking about because we're all looking at, well, what happens with Kane and Taves? Seth Jones has the same agent and no one has really talked about him nearly as much. And I think part of the reason for that is at nine and a half million bucks, unless the Blackhawks are retaining salary, which of course they could, I don't, I don't think anyone's taking his contract at nine and a half million bucks. Well, hey, if Chicago retains two million, all of a sudden it's a big deal. Now it's also for eight years where Kane and Taves are one. Right, that's uh, it's a l- much easier to to trade one of those guys this season at the deadline, knowing they're uh, they're UFAs at the end of the season. The big one though is Patrick Kane. Like Jonathan Taves, I think is in a very different situation than than Kane. Uh, Kane is still elite producer, and uh, you know he's going to control where he wants to go. And I, I think, man, any team that gets Patrick Kane this season, Frank, we talk about in season acquisitions. That's going to be a massive one. He, he is a gamer. He's a proven playoff performer. He's still producing at a very, very high level. He's a great distributor of the puck. I think he can play with almost anybody. I am fascinated to see how the season unfolds and where Kane eventually says, hey, here's my two teams I'm going to go to, and we'll see what, re- what uh, return they can get. So if I were to throw a, a few teams at you, the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, and and we'll call it the field, everyone else, who are you taking? Where's Kane going to go? Well, I would say that if I had to pick the odds in the front runner, it'd be the Rangers, right? I, I think it's close to home for him. Uh, there's the Panarin connection. Uh, they, they've got, uh, I think, New York. Like He goes from one major market to another major market. Uh, I think, you know, he can handle it. Uh, life in New York. Hey, you can be a big name player in New York, but still find areas to go and, and be quiet and, and not anybody really bug you. Um, for a one-year rental, like Toronto and Edmonton would be intriguing because, you know, they both got some highly skilled players for Kane to play with. But I, I just don't know if I see Patrick Kane living in Canada full-time. So to me, I think New York's the leader because I think they have the better chance of those three to resign him. Yeah, but what if it's not about resigning and it's just a pure rental? That's that's the big question. Is is he going somewhere because he wants to only move once and that's it, or is this just about one chance to chase a cup for a three month run? Yeah, it's a good question, right? Like Jerome. That's going to be the question, right? Yeah, I think. You, th- you think about guys like Jerome McGinley, right? When he left Calgary, was one he had a few options, and um, you know, and then in the summer he switched teams again. So yeah, you don't know. It's uh, he, honestly Patrick Kane to me, as far as like, he's got to be number one on the trade bait board of Frank Sarah Valley all year long. I, I'd love to know who's going to be a bigger name available. I don't think it's 
I, I don't, unless I, it's not possible. I don't think yeah. there's only a few players in that group um, that could possibly surpass him in terms of being available. And Patrick Kane did address the media to open up training camp on Thursday, essentially saying the same things that, that we've been reporting all summer, that nothing really ever got close. He was never approached with anything. He doesn't believe that there were ever any serious discussions between the Blackhawks and, and any other team. Kane, of course, holding all the cards and he can control where he goes he basically told the Blackhawks, look, I'm, I'm not ready. And if something materializes over the next few months, that's fine. But let's, let's see where the season goes. Let's see, you know, how he feels. Let's see what he's thinking. So um, I think he, I think really the key for Patrick Kane is he wants to see which teams are really good and have a chance and see what teams, you know, pop up into the conversation before he goes down that path. No. Oh, yeah. And understandably so, but you think about it, like Kane paired up with, with Drysdale or McDavid or 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 uh, Austin Matthews, like whew, that would be uh, that would be a pretty good line. Whichever one of those three centers. Uh, what does Lou Lamorello always say? If you have time, use it. I mean, yeah. if you're Patrick Kane, you have time, use it. Yeah, there's no rush. All right, there's no. I don't know. Like I, I don't think Chicago surprised anybody this year. I could be wrong, but. Um, that, that would be a pick for me that I don't think is making the playoffs. Now, Frank, we always like the, the would you rather. So this one I have for you for the next three seasons, or I guess we can even go four or five, which core would you rather have Washington or Pittsburgh? It's amazing. These teams that have always been compared to each other, you know, with Sid and, and Ovi and then all the playoff battles that they have, usually with Pittsburgh coming out on top until Ovi was finally able to break through in 2018. They've sort of been mirror images of each other. And now I think as they hurtle down this path towards, you know, trying to keep their competitive window open, it's a fascinating question. Um, I, and, and Pittsburgh really went through a lot this summer in I don't know if soul searching is the right word because they ended up bringing everyone back, but I think there were certainly some questions and, and thoughts like, you know, what are, what is our plan here? What are we doing? And to bring everyone back Malkin on a four-year deal times 6.1 Crosby has three years left. Rust comes back on a long-term deal. Chris Letang back on a mega deal in terms of, of term that no one was expecting at six years. Um, I, I tend to lead towards Washington, a long way of saying, like, I just think Washington is a bit deeper. Fair or unfair? Um, no, I, I, I can see that argument. Um, the concern, though, with Washington is the health of Backstrom, right? Um, that's, that's a pretty big piece of your core. Now, I know Jenny Malkin rarely plays 82 games, but uh, he'll usually play some. And even when he played last year, he's still a point-of-game player. And so for me... Chris Letang at his age last season still had one of the best years of his career. Uh, you know, he, I, I don't love the the length of his contract, but that's why we said over the next three or four years, because, you know, then Washington's guys, you know, they, their contracts are pretty much done. Carlson and Ovi are done. I, right, the current ones I think are done at, uh, at 26 and Backstrom's 25. I'm going to go with the Penguins because the, the health question to Backstrom is a big one for me. Um, Kuznetsov obviously is, is younger than everybody and, and he's still a pretty good player. And, and remember, was it last summer, the year before, oh geez, they might move Kuznetsov. And obviously that's really quieted down, but, uh, Jake Gensel 
has become such a consistent top mm-hmm. end player for them. Uh, I like him. Crosby, Sidney Crosby. He's still he's still very good. Frank, I, I know yeah, you've talked about a lot. He's not loving his contract uh, based on what he's getting paid uh, right now. But I, I will take the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, for the next few years. I agree long-term because Washington's guys' contracts end before Latang. The Latang one, you might be like, oof, that's tough. But over the next few years, I still like Crosby, uh, Malkin, Latang, and I'll throw in Jake Gensel really in that core. I mean, is it fair to say at this point Ovechkin is more productive than Crosby? At least in terms of Well, points? goals, he's always been a better goal scorer. There's no question, right? right? Um I'm just trying to, if you isolate it down, like, so then you go, okay, Ovechkin, Crosby, who are you taking? And then it's like Malkin and Kuznetsov. At this point, I'm probably, even though Kuznetsov can be um, inconsistent, he's definitely on the ice more consistently. Yeah. I'm taking Kuznetsov, and obviously he's way younger. TJ Oshie or Gensel, you're probably taking Gensel. Um. But then it's like Carlson or Latang. Like, does any player on the blue line consistently put up 70 points every season and get less fanfare than John Carlson? It's true. I mean, yeah, three of his last four years, and the only one that he didn't was because it was um, it was pandemic shortened, 70 points, 70, 75, 71. And then you've got the Tom Wilson. To me, that that's what helps swing it. It's not even so much Backstrom. Yes, the injury is significant, but Tom Wilson is such an important piece coming off of this ACL injury. I don't know. I tend to lean towards Washington's group than than Pittsburgh. That's a good argument. It's, like, it's for the long haul, though, not for just this year. Yes, no, agree that. And that's why the question is, because for one year, it's a little bit easier. So it makes it uh, a more fun debate to go a little bit longer term. So uh, you've got the uh, caps. Uh, this will be a great one to revisit in, in a few years. And I'll, I'll say this about Crosby. Um, Ovechkin's been able, like, he's such a big man, right? He's been, he stays healthier and, and th- that definitely could, can be a factor. But, uh, when Sid was in the lineup last year, yeah, he had that slow start. He was injured, but after that, man, he was pretty good. So, um, Malkin's the, Malkin's the, you're fair on Kuznetsov that maybe he's not as consistent every game, but he's consistently more in the lineup and the best ability is dependability. So, mm-hmm. um, that's uh, that's a very fair point. I also like the caps goalie situation better. Jari can be really good. But I think Kemper this year has that gives them a, ch- a shot to really be a good team, I think. Yeah, if you look, like I know Kemper in the playoffs, everyone's going to remember Darcy Kemper playoffs. But if you talk, he had legit vision issue problems stemming from that, um, you know, the concussion. And so it, it was bugging him. He was getting eye tests every second day. And, and so for a goaltender in your eyes, like I can't think of a position where it's going to impact you even more than that. But if you look at his regular season numbers, Frank, the guy has been ultra consistent right like year after year after year so you're valid on that i would also just just to point out and and in fairness to pittsburgh i definitely like their blue line way better i know carlson over Latang is an easy choice and i do like orlov as a player i think pittsburgh's defense core is massively improved this year i think petrie is going to have a big bounce back season um i i just think they're in good shape hey yan ruda is just a solid underappreciated defender he's not spectacular Mm -hmm. but he he can anchor your third pair and sometimes i think a good third pair gets overlooked at how important it is for your team and uh yeah you bring in yan ruda and i've always liked brian dumoulin as a defender sneaky he knows he knows how to defend there's no question about that even the big thing is 
can, can you get a shot in the arm from someone like Ty Smith, who clearly New Jersey was ready to move on from, but, you know, I spent a bit of time around Ty Smith at the world juniors, talented player. Um, he needs to grow. He needs to grow into his game a bit. Oh yeah. Well, Jeff Petrie is the big one for me. How, you know what, uh, obviously last year was a kind of a train wreck for him. Uh, I'm curious to see how he bounces back. Uh, you know what? He wanted to play in the States. Uh, now he's there. And, you know, I, th- I think he, he might be rejuvenated going into uh, Pittsburgh because Petrie's better when he's not looked upon to be your best defender because he's not a number one, but he can be a, he can be a very good, you know, complimentary number two on your team or an excellent second pair defense. Four straight seasons with 40 plus points. He didn't just wake up last year and forget how to play hockey. Yep. Yeah, he had I, a I lot going on. Oh, there's a lot and going on. And the team on. wasn't very good. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Hey, let's welcome back in the uh, the traveling man, uh, Tyler Uremchuk, who's uh, just going to sporting events all over the North American continent, it seems. Yeah. Uh, Ty, how you doing? I am. Uh, I'm doing great, guys. I'm excited to be back, but it was a wild weekend. I uh, flew into Toronto on Friday, did Jays games Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Rented a car, drove down to Buffalo, and did uh, the Bills home opener on on Monday night, which was just a. Are you old enough to rent a car? Pardon? Are you old enough to rent a car? Uh, no, but my girlfriend is. Oh. <laughs> you have to be twenty five to rent a car. I don't turn twenty five for another month. Oh, that's well, such a weird thing that you have to be twenty five to rent a car. Like I don't, I don't really understand that. Yeah, it uh, it is kind of odd, but I mean, it worked out for me. I just got to sit in the passenger seat and enjoy the views as we uh, drove past Niagara and all those things. Uh, anyway, so let's get into uh, buy or sell delivered by our friends over at DoorDash. Ding dong. The season's back. Our Friday episodes are back. The Liam Ding Dong is back. That's uh, that's what I've decided. That's the official mark of hockey season, in my opinion. Uh, so let's jump into this thing. Buy or sell. The first one I got, there is uh, a lot of drama surrounding Blake Wheeler. I'm going to say he doesn't last the season as a Winnipeg Jet. Are you buying or selling on that, Frank? I'm going to sell just because they tried this summer. And the big thing was no one was willing to take him at his full cap hit. And the Jets were not willing to retain money. At least that's how they went into the conversations. Now, I guess it depends on what kind of season he has. Like how productive is he? What does he look like? you know, all those things. And it also depends on what the Jets, like Kevin Dayoff came out on Thursday and said, point blank, I think we're a playoff team. That they can bounce back. You know, basically the same group is, is going to find a way to do it differently. I don't necessarily buy it, but in this case, I don't know that I buy anyone coming along and snapping up Blake Wheeler at the deadline. I'm going to have to sell as well. Blake Wheeler, this is the final year of his deal. I think it's a totally different conversation, but uh, he's, right. an eight, he's an 8.25 cap hit for next year. And I do agree, though, with the Shovel Day. I think Winnipeg was one of the teams that was, uh, was disappointing. And I, I look, especially with Jason Robertson not in camp for Dallas right now, I think that really opens the doors. If he's out any extended period of time, we've seen it. Even if he gets signed, Frank, it's tough to play catch up in the National Hockey League. Um, and you now he might produce well, and maybe he's the the unicorn that can do it. But it's challenging for a lot of guys. If if that if this uh, stalemate lasts much longer, that's not good news for Dallas. So I think the Jets can at least get back in the conversation. And if they are, then they're probably not in seller mode. 
earlier this week, we got the news about uh, the three defensemen who all announced their retirements. I'm not sure if you guys hit on it uh, in the last episode of the podcast, but the one name I want to talk about is Zdeno Chara, first ballot Hall of Famer. You buying or selling on that, Jason? Yeah, I'm buying all the way. I played the most games as an NHL defenseman. He was a, He was such a unique player. You could argue... It's going to be a long time before you have a player who's six foot nine, right? Uh, who comes in and just ends up being a dominant force on the blue line the way he was. There's just very few guys that are that big, number one. And and when you look at Sedano Char, talk to people who saw him when he came to Prince George. Not many people thought that that guy would turn into not only an NHL player, but a dominant, dominant NHL player. He was a he was a number one defenseman for a long, long time. He won Stanley Cups. I, I think he's for sure a lock to go in first time. That was, I was going to ask you to repeat the question. That's the question. Lock to buy or sell, lock to go in the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Stone, Stone Cold no. Mortal Lock. Yeah. Stone, it's not even a question. Yeah. Stone I, Cold Mortal Lock. Figured we should talk about it. Didn't know another way to spin it. I, yeah, there's no way he doesn't go in on the first ballot. Uh, as a little bonus there, either of those other two, Yandel and Subban, they're not getting in, right? Well, Subban has a way better shot than Yandel. Um, Norris, yeah. But I, I personally don't think Subban gets in when it's all said and done. I think it's an interesting debate and conversation because for a six-year chunk of time, he was one of the very best defensemen in the NHL. I just think it was too short a period of time. And I also think people sort of look at that Norris trophy a little bit differently that it occurred in a lockout-shortened season of just 48 games. So um, his game to be out of the NHL at 33 and for your game to really have fallen off a cliff the last five years, I think that makes it a really difficult case for someone that doesn't have the longevity. Yeah, I, I think the only way you get into the hall with an abbreviated career is when it's injury that costs you, right? Pavel Bure, Eric Lindros, Cam Neely, you know, guys who are who are at the top of their game for long stretches and then injuries force them out. Um, Subban was very good for a short period of time, but it was too short for a healthy player. And uh, I, I think that ultimately is why he won't be in the, uh, the Hall of Fame as a player. Talk to me in 20 years. Um, he might be going into the uh, in the broadcast Hall of Fame because I'd be stunned if P.K. Subban doesn't find himself a broadcasting gig in the future. He's expected to join ESPN, I'm told, as he was last season. I believe he was at the uh, broadcast meetings this week. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Keith, first- I'll say this. Keith Yandel? Don't know. I Keith Yandel might. I would probably say who who I think would. Well, Keith Yandel is really funny. He might be on a different form, but Keith Yandel is a really really funny guy. And if he wanted to, like that's a guy who who could who could flourish in the in that media. Like you look at a a Pat McAfee, Keith Yandel could be similar when it comes to hockey. That's interesting. He's, yeah, I'd be shocked if he's not on the next Spit and Chicklets and is the next guy on there. Didn't he announce his retirement on Spit and Chicklets? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Back to the on ice product for this upcoming season, the Eastern Conference. I'm fully expecting it to be a lot tighter than it was last year. They had eight teams that cracked the 90 point mark compared to 10 in the Western Conference. I'm going to say this year, the Eastern Conference does get to 10 90 point teams in the regular season. Frank, you buying or selling on that? I will buy. I will give you my 10. I actually, yeah. Same eight as last year, right? So they should all crack 90. Yeah, I, I would say same eight 
as last year plus Detroit and Ottawa. Ooh, you don't think the Islanders got six more points in them? I'm not sold on the Islanders, no. All right. Um, I. It could be 11. It could be 11. The like Islanders. the West almost had 11 too last year. Winnipeg finished with 89. Yeah, right. I, I would buy on 10. Last year was a real anomaly to have a 16-point gap, yeah. right? And that's the largest that I'd calculated in the last, well, maybe ever, actually. I'd have to go back and check. I'm pretty sure it was. So um, I, I think there'll be uh, there'll be 10. I think there's some of those teams that had 100 points. Boston's not getting 107 points with all their injuries to start the season. I, I just don't see how that's uh, that's going to happen. So. Um, they're going to gain some points. Uh, I'm with Tyler. I, th- I think the Islanders, the Islanders started so terrible. Then they had the scheduling uh, snafu due to COVID and everything else. Um, I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they, they can improve. They can get three more wins than they had uh, last year. I like Detroit more than Ottawa. My concern about Ottawa is how do they defend? I know they got lots of excitement on their, on their team, but do they have the defense? Where, like Ottawa to me, Looks like the uh, the Edmonton orders in, in 2017, uh, you know, in 2018-19, where they, they had offensive punch, couldn't defend to save their life. Yeah, but their goalie's so much better. Their goalie's the same as the Oilers had that year. <laughs> yeah, but he's <laughs> such an upgrade off of what they yeah. had the last few years from Matt Murray and Cam Talbot. Um, well, Matt Murray, actually, when he was healthy, I also think Ottawa's Ottawa better than okay. – I think Ottawa's better than Detroit, by the way. I, I like their forward group just that much better. Oh, oh, the blue line is yeah. The but. Sens will be entertaining, guys. Make no mistake about that. They're going to be highly entertaining, right? I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong on it, but I just have a little cause of concern. Um, you know, are they going to be able to limit goals against? Man, after you said that the Sens are going to be the Oilers of 2018-19, everyone just in Ottawa is like, I got to go take a shower. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Um, all right, let's get into our bonus question here for our friends at Points Bet Canada. Uh, you guys were talking about the Capitals and their core, the Nicholas Backstrom injury, all that kind of stuff. So my question is going to be about Alex Ovechkin and his over-under for next season in terms of goals. I put out uh, three NHL hot takes on my TikTok account. This is a shameless way for me to plug my new TikTok account, guys. Um, and one of them was that OV doesn't hit the 40-goal mark for the – doesn't score to 40 goal pace for the first time in five seasons. His over under is 44 and a half. You taking the over or under on 44 and a half for OV next year, Frank? I'm taking the over. Um, I think we all thought his game was falling off a little while ago and clearly it hasn't. And to drop from 50 to 40 or under, I think is a pretty precipitous one. So I don't see it happening. All right. Yeah, it's hard to go against the grade. What was that, 2016-17 when he had the uh, the 33-goal season, right? Like, I remember after he'd started his career with like four or five 50-goal seasons, then he he had a few years of 30, and people were like, oh, yeah, oh, he can't be the goal scorer. <laughs> Those were the Dale Hunter years. Oh, God. Um, I, I Ovi is... I know he came out today and or yesterday and was like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, um, I'm not worried about Gordy Howe because I think and and he's right. He's he's going to pass Gordy Howe, right? I don't think there's any question about that. Um, he wants to win, but uh, Ovi, if he wants to win. The best way to win is for him to score goals, and uh, I'm taking the over as well. All right, there you go. That is a wrap on uh, that is a wrap on buy or sell for this week, delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know what's interesting about Ovi? I, I had a, a front office member mention this to me the other day. They said, if you watch very closely, it's impressive how Ovi found a way to reinvent himself because I think we all think of Ovi as scoring from his office. And if you look at the last few years, he actually very rarely has scored from there. He's found a way to get more of his goals near the net and it's actually rejuvenated him. Well, Frank, I, I wrote a, I wrote an article because uh, sport logic looks at uh, inner slot and then slot shots. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews led the NHL with 193 or 198 uh, slot shots. And he had 53 goals, which of course was the most. Um, he then had 150 shots from either the flanks or out from distance, seven goals from there, right? Like even the best goal scorers, like Ovi's not an idiot, like him getting closer to net, I think illustrates just, you, you've got to be closer to the net. Uh, even like the great, the best goal scorer in the NHL last year. Like think about that, how dominant he was in the slot area. And then another 150 shots to only have seven goals. I'm not going to say it's a waste of those shots, but there is a lot of times it's just wasted shots in the NHL. And, you know, Ovi, Ovi was a high volume shooter. Lots obviously early in his career when he's like over 500 shots, but you're right. Get closer. That doesn't surprise me. At all. And the other thing is like, he's such a big man. Right. Mm-hmm. He can get in tight. He was even when he scored 60, he always used to pound home a few rebounds and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's a smart player. Over. Yeah, he's a smart player, man. That's why I'm going the over. And the other thing is you rarely get injured. Right. Yeah. Like you, to score 40 goals, you got to stay healthy. And, and Ovi has found a way to do that for the vast majority of his career, which is what a stat. I mean, like you, his his numbers are still mind blowing. He has 263 more goals than the next closest active player. It's crazy. 263 is a full career for a great career for a lot of players. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and it's great that you mentioned that because people always talk about all oh, Gretzky in the eighties, go look at Gretzky's goal totals 
in the 80s compared to everybody else. He was way ahead of everybody in goals, right, uh, during that time. Like it was now, obviously points, it was even more ahead of them, for goodness sakes. But that's what makes Ovi such a great goal scorer is he dominates his era like Gretzky dominated his. Ovechkin's a more powerful goal scorer. There's no question, right? Uh, you know, the, Gretzky was not a one-timer guy uh, like Ovechkin was, but Gretzky knew how to score goals, man. And I love the chase. I never thought anyone would have a realistic chance. Ovi, the fact that he has a realistic shot to catch Wayne Gretzky's goal totals is remarkable to me. That is, that's one of the greatest record chases I hope we can watch in the next few years. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get there. He's 114 away. If he's even if he just scores 40 this year, yeah, I agreed. That leaves him 80 and he'll be 38. Yeah, three years of 30 goals after that, entirely possible. Oh, wait till he's 41. Man, it'll and 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 Gretzky's authentic when he says he wants him to break the record. I, I believe that too. Yeah, it's uh, Gretzky knows about the history of the game and. And, and how important it is to, to kind of set new standards all the time. Like his point totals, like that's the one. Because I was calculating, like right now, McDavid's the best point scorer in the game, right? You would look, as good as McDavid is, he's coming up on 700 points. He, 700 in his career, which is awesome, but that's still 20, was a 2,100 points less than Gretzky. So no chance. Like you, you can't even, you can't do it. Like no, it's, it's not, it's you're stupid. not even going to get within a thousand. I'd be shocked yeah. if he gets within a thousand. Yeah. Well, if he, if he had, if he could do another 14 years averaging a hundred points, cause he'll probably have a few 120s in there, you know, maybe he can push for 2000, but even that's like, yeah, it just shows you how, how Bananas. ridiculous it was. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Frankie, um, we will start our previews next week and, um, tease, uh, our, our, we got some good guests coming up uh, next week on the pod. Yeah, we uh, we talked to the Colorado. We talked Central Division and the Colorado Avalanche with their new GM in Chris McFarland, who is promoted over the summer, a well-deserved promotion, and and you'll really enjoy the conversation about his career and and how he ended up there. And then we'll head over to the Atlantic and we'll talk to new Detroit Red Wings head coach Derek Newsy Lalonde, which I love the Red Wings Twitter account as training camp opened, just had a picture of him and it just said newsy. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think people are going to like those interviews. So uh, have a good weekend. We will actually have some preseason action starting this weekend uh, to the breakdown on Monday. So uh, everybody enjoy the preseason hockey and uh, Frank and I will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the DFO rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode delivered by DoorDash. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.